Bless the Lord. So in this Torah portion, uh, which is called Vayera, we see a repeat of the amazing promise that the Lord gave to Abraham in our last week's portion, where he said that he's going to be a father to many nations, and that ain't going to happen through some adoption, or it ain't going to happen through his servant. He actually thought that his heir would be his servant. But no, it's going to happen through his own son. In his old age. It's the amazing promise that God is not limited by anything in the natural. It's the same promise that last week was reckoned to him as righteousness because he was crazy enough to believe the crazy. He was crazy enough to believe that God is super natural. Not just natural, supernatural. He was crazy enough to believe that if God says it's going to happen, it's going to happen because God is not a liar. Ever. <clears throat> so even though he was 100, it says in this Torah portion, and Sarah was 90, it says that the way of women has ceased. To be with her, that's a euphemism for she doesn't have menstrual cycles anymore. When I think of the way of women, I don't think of that. <laughs> I think when Billy Joel wrote, she's got a way about her, I don't think he was thinking about her menstrual cycle. <laughs> Let's close in prayer. <laughs> in this Torah portion, the promise came through the Lord through three angels who went to Abraham and Sarah face to face. And the promise was once again <coughs> given forth. The prophecy was once again, once again given forth to Abraham. This time, the angels made sure that Sarah was in earshot. They went, where's Sarah? She's in the tent, Abraham said. Okay, now I can say it. Because they wanted to make sure, the angels wanted to make sure that Sarah could hear what was about to be said. And they said, you are going to have a baby. You and Sarah are going to have a baby. And Sarah, who was in the tent, overheard it, which was their intent.
Can somebody give me a good lap of disbelief? Ha! <laughs> 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 it was probably like a, you know, one of those spitty type of, yes.
when he turns our mourning into dancing, when he removes our sackcloth and clothes us with joy, it's our inheritance. And it's good for a preacher to remind the people so their faith can be awakened when they've forgotten. It's good for a preacher to activate the inheritance with the reminder that God does exceedingly and abundantly above all who we can ask or think or hope or imagine but can we just be real for a little bit as well? And can that be real for just a millisecond? Can I tell you how I feel for just a millisecond? Yes. He's doing Hamilton, if anyone doesn't know. Oh. <laughs> God doesn't always answer our prayers the way we want. Right. In all times, right. can we just be real? Yep. That I can preach how God turns it around for good, all things work for good. But can I just be real for a second? That some of the shallowest encouragement we can feel in our times of trial are Bible verses from well meaning people. Can I just be real? It doesn't preach well, I get it. But can I be real for just a millisecond? That all things work together for good, and these promises are great, and we stand on them, but they can become like platitudes. When we're so broken, and God is not giving us our Isaac, because let's be real for just a millisecond, and I'm sorry that it don't preach, but some people end in barrenness. And I'm sorry to be real for a second, but some marriages dissolve in the divorce as much as we're fasting and praying and hoping and believing and declaring. Can we just be real for a second that some sicknesses end in death as much as we pray, as much as we ask, that we don't praise God for what He does, we praise Him for who He is. Amen. Amen. We don't praise Him for the results, we praise Him for who He is. Can I just be real for a second? That He does work all things for good. But that doesn't always mean it works out the way we want. Yeshua gave a prophecy and immediately when he found out that his friend that he loves, Lazarus, Eliezer in Hebrew, Lazarus was sick. His sisters went to him and said, the one you love is sick. Bless you. Bless you. 
And the one you love is sick. You know, I always thought that the disciple that Yeshua loved was John. But here they're saying that Lazarus is the one that he loves. Aren't we thankful that he loves everyone? Yeah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. That you're the disciple that he loves. I mean, you're thankful for that. You're the disciple that he loves. The theologians, they still debate that he's the disciple that he loves. <laughs> have the answer. You are. That's the answer. So they went to Yeshua and they said, The one that you love, your friend Lazarus, our brother, is sick. And Yeshua gave him a prophecy immediately this is not unto death. This is not unto death. Can I just be real for just a second? And some sicknesses are. And the way he works it out for good, we may not even know on this side of the kingdom. But we will know it on the other side of the kingdom. Because in this world, we see through the mirror dimly, it says... But soon, face to face. Yeah. And now we know things in part, but then we will know things in full, as we are known, it says. Yeah. Some things we may have to wait until Yeshua returns to see how he worked this out for good. Yeah. And when he does, you will laugh. <laughs> <laughs> seeing the deliverance in this side. And you may not. And I'm sorry that I don't preach well. But it's the truth. Susie and I got a similar prophecy as Abraham. About 15 years ago, we decided we we're going to try to have a child. And I don't talk about this much because I know how much you love us and you're going to come and you're going to try to console us <laughs> after service. And we're going to get all the prophecies again. <laughs> so we decided we were going to try to have a child about 15 years ago. And eventually we went to a fertility doctor and the doctor looked at the test results and said it's not going to happen. Well, I left in a different way. Ha ha ha, you think so? <laughs> See, this doctor had on his wall a little picture of Maimonides. Anybody know Maimonides? Moses, Maimonides, Rambam, Rabbi Moses, Maimonides, a middle, medieval rabbi and Torah scholar, very revered in Judaism. He wrote the Mishnah Torah. He wrote the 13 articles of the Jewish faith, which also, also includes, I believe in perfect faith, the coming of the Messiah. Yeah. And even though he tarries, I shall wait. That came from Moses Maimonides. He was also a physician. 
So it was a picture of Moses Maimonides, Rambam, along with some words that were something to do with his role as a physician. So I stood up in this doctor's office. <laughs> and I said, you see that guy that you got on your wall? I believe in his God wow. more than what you say. Well, 15 years later, both of us in our 50s, it hasn't happened yet. What's that? Exactly. And I will tell you that every time we, I'm like, get the crib. It's going to happen. Time to get the crib. Because I have perfect faith that it's going to happen. But I have perfect peace if it doesn't. Because it may not. And we've had prophecies. We have prophecies about us being parents prior to us trying. We have prophecies during. One of my favorite ones, we were at the Messiah Conference and there was a healer guy from Ohio. And it was a very large room and it was filled with people who needed healing. And I loved his way of bringing forth prophetic healing because he didn't waste any words. You know when Yeshua says, you know, keep your words small and simple, the pagans talking for a long time. He exemplified that. We went up to him, he says, what do you want? I said, well, we're trying to have a baby and it's not working. He says, okay, you'll be pregnant in nine months. I'm sorry, you'll be pregnant in six months. Next. Wow. Wow. Shem. <laughs> See, I like that. Let's not waste any time. Yeah, I don't know if he did that with everybody else. Like, what do you want? Well, you know, I, I'm sick and I'm looking for healing. Okay, you're going to get well. Next. <laughs> well, I'm in financial collapse and they're throwing me out of the house. Okay, you'll stay in your house. Next. That's kind of how it was. And I appreciated it. <clears throat> Be quick about it. I loved it. Needless to say, six months came and went, we did not get pregnant, as far as we know. <laughs> we even had somebody who we love very dearly, gave us a very specific prophecy, said that you, Susie, are going to have a daughter, and your daughter is going to sing to my mother, and she'll be saved through that experience. Specific prophecies. I still believe it. Every time we, mm -hmm. oh I'm ready to buy the crib. I'm ready to put on the what's what's the thing called when you get the where some people can buy stuff. There's a word for that. Not the baby shower. The registry. <laughs> I'm like get the registry going. But I have perfect peace. If it doesn't, see some things in our lives. We may need to ask the Lord. Another side of the kingdom. And when I'm face to face with the Lord, one of my questions to him is going to be, why, in your infinite sovereignty, did you choose for us to be childless? And I think we all may have questions about that. We may all have questions that we're going to pray. Why, in your infinite sovereignty, did you let my marriage dissolve? And I didn't ask for this. Why? In your infinite sovereignty. The opposite. Why in your infinite sovereignty? I did not divorce. This is Isaiah. 
I did not divorce. But why did you keep me in a completely loveless marriage for 60 years? Why? Why did you let my loved one die? Why? Why have I been praying for somebody to be delivered from mental health issues and they never got delivered? Why? We all have questions like that mm -hmm. that we might bring to God. Like first things, like okay. First thing is like, oh my gosh, good news. I'm here with Yeshua. Second thing, all right, let's talk. <laughs> Here's the good news. You won't even have to ask. Because when the kingdom comes, our eyes will be open. And we will see how he turned all things for good. And we will laugh. That's the truth. Praise God. Does, you're very, very blessed. 
Oh, I can give you biblical examples, but I don't want them to turn to platitudes. I can talk to you about Joseph and how Joseph was put into prison and for things that he did not commit and that he was treated with, uh, without justice. And yet the Lord worked it all out for good to bring about a salvation to Israel. I can talk about that. Or I can talk about how God was silent throughout the whole book of Esther. And the name of God is not even mentioned once in the book of Esther, but he was orchestrating everything behind the scenes for deliverance. I can talk about all these things. I remember when we were moving to Rhode Island, and I've shared this before, that in our last few years in New Jersey, it was not a pleasant experience for us. We went through a crisis and a really rough time in our lives. And our move from New Jersey to Rhode Island was God coming down and rescuing us from the pit. And one of the things he used was a job transfer. I went to my boss, I worked at Pfizer Pharmaceuticals. Everybody knows Pfizer Pharmaceuticals now because of the vaccine. Before it was the vaccine, they were famous for Viagra. <laughs> and Lipitor. And before it was the Viagra, it was Lipitor, which was their first blockbuster drug with the cholesterol. I worked there too. <laughs> and I worked in New York City, and then they transferred me to Groton, Connecticut, which is about a few miles away from the border of Rhode Island. So we moved to Western Rhode Island, which is very close to where I worked at Pfizer Pharmaceuticals. And it was a move of God that moved us from New Jersey. It was a rescue mission mm -hmm. to move us from New Jersey to Rhode Island. And I remember being in that office in, I'm sorry, not Groton, Connecticut, in New London, Connecticut, about 25 minutes away from where we lived in Westerly, Rhode Island, and I was walking in the halls, and I saw pictures of the building project of where we worked, where I worked, in Pfizer, in New London, Connecticut. And they showed the land, and then they showed the, when the land was excavated, and then they showed the frame, and they showed the different phases of the building project. And I guess when you see a building, you kind of assume that it was built a long time ago, and it's been there for decades, maybe. But what I learned from these pictures is that the building was only built three years ago at the time that we were struggling. And I felt at that moment, God speak to me. And said, while you were struggling in New Jersey, I was doing this for you. Now, did Pfizer really build that building for me? Did God allow it? Well, yes. <laughs> he works all things for good. For those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Of course, he, it wasn't just for me, but it was for me. It was for me. Yeah. I saw the whole phases of the building project starting when we were struggling 200 miles away. I declare right now over you that there is a building project happening. Amen. As you pray, struggle, and try. of faith from Abraham, we get the inheritance of Isaac's name, Laughter. We also get the inheritance, exactly, Good thank you very much, it's a combination there, Larry, we get the Laughter, we get the Laughter. And from a child. We also get the inheritance 
of the moment when, it, when Abraham had to bring up Isaac to be slaughtered. That's also our inheritance. Because when we come into relationship with the Lord, I've seen it in my life, I've seen it in many believers' lives, that there comes a point in time what we thought was our perfection, what we thought was our safe haven, what we thought was our blessing, he removes in a millisecond. I've seen it. We get that inheritance from Abraham when Abraham was told to bring his only son, even though it wasn't his only son, he had Ishmael. That's a prophecy of Yeshua, by the way. The only son, only begotten son of God. When he was told to bring his only son to the altar and slay him, and he didn't get a prophecy like the birth, when he was told you were going to have a baby, this is bring him up to kill him. I'm not going to tell you what happens next. See, it's a whole new level. That is also our inheritance. The things we love, sometimes we have to let go of. Mm. I do believe, yeah, this is a goose puppy one, right? I do believe that we have trouble in our lives when God allows trial in our lives. Sometimes it's unto death. Sometimes it's not going to go away. Sometimes it's going to end the way we don't want it to end. But sometimes it is a test. Many times it is a test. When Job lost practically everything and he would not curse God. You know, his friends get, uh, you know, they get this bad rap, Job's friends, for giving him all this really bad advice. You know when Job's friends did the right thing? It says right when this all this happened and, and the affliction came upon his body, they came to visit him and they sat with him seven days and said nothing. Amen for silence. They sat shiva with him. Yes. And said nothing. Yes. Now, even though that concept triggers my social phobia... And sitting with somebody for a week and saying nothing gives me heart palpitations. <laughs> that was the right thing to do. Yes, yes. Because people don't need the platitude Bible verses sometimes. Nope. They just need company. Yep. That's it. That's it. And if it's happened to Job, Job wasn't told a prophecy that he's going to get a double blessing at the end of this thing. But he did. And I believe in many cases. seen that too. He removes what you think is the blessing and gives it back. Far beyond what we can think. Far beyond what we can think. Abraham had to put Isaac up. He got Isaac back. You know, it probably caused him family challenge. But out of that experience came an amazing prophecy about the Messiah. God will provide a lamb for the sacrifice. He brought a ram to be sacrificed, leaving it open for the lamb to come. Out of this situation came forth, triggered the messianic prophecy of the coming for the coming of Yeshua, the Lamb of God. Amen. He will take away what we think is the blessing. This is 
also our inheritance. The three inheritances of Abraham. Faith, laughter, and well, I can't put one word to it. It takes away what we love to restore even more. And if you don't see it now, you will. And I will leave you with the verse. You know, I love the Bible. I love the scripture. And the reason I love the scripture is because I'm so grateful that God allowed certain things to be written. I'm so glad that God in his infinite wisdom chose that that little interaction about laughter was put in there. It's a silly little thing. Abraham and Sarah had many conversations. Moses had many conversations. Yeshua had said many things that never were written in the book. But the things that are chosen to be in the book are divinely inspired by God. Yes. And I'm very grateful that the certain things are. Now, last week I spoke about something, and I'll close with this, and I'll leave you with it, about a certain um, situation in the Gospels where the, the father brought the son who was having seizures for healing, and the disciples could not heal him, and Yeshua did. And then he went to the father, and the father, father said to Yeshua, if you will, will you heal him? And Yeshua said, all things are possible for those who believe. So the father said, and this is the part that I love, that God allowed to stay written in the scripture, document. I believe, help my unbelief. I believe, hallelujah, help my unbelief. I believe, Questions dissolve into the silence of God. The aching may remain, but the breaking does not. The aching may remain, but the breaking 
holy, lonesome echo of the silence of God. Amen. Amen. And now for the announcements. <laughs> Thank you, Father. Can we just give a buck?